And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. On the phone line with us today is Chris Bedford. And Chris, it's an honor to have you on with us today. Thank you for having me. Now, you're the senior editor at The Federalist, and you're a founding partner of Right Forge, which I'd like to know a little bit more about, a host of Culture War, vice chairman of Young Americans for Freedom, a lot of things that you've gotten involved in. Um, you've recently written an article that really caught my eye, and the title was, One Year Ago, Big Tech Declared Open War on America. Um, here's what's next. So to get us started, uh, can you describe at a high level what your article is about? Sure, absolutely. Uh, about a year ago, a year ago last weekend, a year ago last Saturday, uh, it began with Twitter taking the elected president of the United States, sitting president uh, Donald Trump, off of its platform. Now, there was a lot of uh, chaos and a lot of, a lot of anger uh, after the January 6th riot, and, and, wit- and for taking him off, they cited two different things he'd done. One was saying in a tweet that his movement that he started will continue on after this day, and they won't be disrespected. And, and the second thing was saying he was not going to President Biden's uh, inauguration. Mm-hmm. Those things apparently qualified as incitement to violence, which I think is, pushes the boundaries of understanding of what incitement to violence is. And he was taken off of that platform. The next day, I think something that was even more seriously concerning happened, and that was the, the attacks on Parler. So after President oh, yeah. Trump was taken off of Twitter, there was another there was an alternative company, Parler. It was not nearly as big as Twitter, not quite as sophisticated. It was, you could get it through the Apple Store, through the Google Store, and it was hosted on Internet server servers owned by Amazon, Amazon Web Services. Mm-hmm. So all at once, they were taken out of the Apple Store, so you couldn't download it, taken out of the Google Store, and deplatformed. Their servers were cut off, which meant that their website went down. And this was at a moment when they be, had become the most popular, most downloaded application in the entire world because of the decisions that Twitter had made with the president. The Correct. Day before. Yes. So this was, this was an attack on the American dream, very, very basically. The, one of the core aspects of our country is if you don't like something, you can build it yourself. And Parler had gone out and they had done that. They had built something themselves. Uh, they were taken offline. And the, the answers that were given for why this private business was destroyed by three of the most powerful companies on the planet uh, without any public consultation was that they were apparently somehow involved in organizing this riot, or people had used <laughs> their platform to do so. That was, No evidence was ever furnished to back that up. It later came out that if any platform was used, there was more often Facebook for communication. Right. But and there, these were private messages. So this was a big moment for the American people, for, and it has since continued uh, on and on and on since, since that day with a more and more brazen big tech that's willing to just pick winners and losers, destroy companies and silence politicians, and most concerningly, the free press, the corporate media, often cheering them on. Yes, yeah, it's a it's a very big concern. Uh, broadcasters use various platforms, and um, you know it really gives you pause if you're going to be using an Amazon platform, considering what their past history has been. Uh, should we really use that? And uh, I don't want to go down that trail too far, but maybe later on we can talk about alternatives. But uh, big tech, um, what about the argument where people say, well, that's, that's a private corporation. They can do what they want. Well, they certainly are a private corporation, and they, and they can do what they want. But you, you start to, they start to run afoul of different laws, uh, different laws at certain, at certain areas, or at least 
fall under the jurisdiction of Congress. For example, when big tech is collaborating with government to censor different organizations or different dissenting voices, as we've seen uh, with Dr. Scott Atlas and other other uh, doctors who pushed back against some of the COVID stuff, uh, as we saw this week with President Joe Biden specifically requesting that big tech censor folks. Uh. Also, when you get to a place where you've got over 50% of the entire country getting their news through Facebook, and, and Facebook is censoring newspapers, and like the New York Post, like they did in 2020, then you might be getting into antitrust. And then finally, there's a, there are a number of privileges that we have extended to big tech over the years of the American people. And we did this because initially it was an American-focused industry that was trying to bring people together right. and was trying to spread information, and which has since changed. Uh, some of those include Section 230, which allows big tech to not be held accountable for things that are posted to their websites because they are not content moderators. They're treated legally as bulletin boards. Well, now they are content moderators. They are deciding who's allowed to speak and who is not. They're allowed to, what they're allowed to say and what they're not allowed to say. Because of that, that, that permission that we have given them in society, ought, I think, ought to be revoked. There's legislation right now that's got co-sponsors from Democratic Congressman Jerry Nadler to Republican firebrand Chip Roy. It's being pushed by Congressman Ken Buck, a Republican, that would say, when you sue these big tech companies, they can no longer keep that lawsuit just in their home courts. They, have, they can be sued in other jurisdictions that may be less friendly to them. Um, there's a, I think 2022 is going to be a year when the American people say all the privileges we've given you uh, need to be revoked or at least reviewed in some way. Because, well, we've had monopolies in the past. We've had very strong companies in the past. Even the British East India Company, which had an army bigger than England's at one point, did not was not able to control information in London. They couldn't. Right. They could never deplatform the prime minister. They could never stop the London Times from getting to people's uh, tables. And that's what big tech's able to do right now. It's an incredible power. Yeah, I um, I hardly use Facebook anymore. Um, I got sick of it, frankly. I, I'll check it out now and then. And I, I'm really not posting any new content to it because they turned me off their policies. And I do notice that when people publish something about COVID and they express an opinion, and right away the content moderators, I think it's an algorithm that, that does this, comes up and cautions people and all of this. I'm thinking, okay, stop it already. I've had enough of this, Facebook. <laughs> That's my attitude. I'm sorry. I'm letting it leak out. I think uh, you're right. I, I've the got Federalist to... has been censored multiple times for articles that are now the CDC's point of view. Yes. That we've said over the last two years, because the science keeps on changing. That, that's a good point. We are learning so much more about this COVID thing, and now more documents have come out, and it's going to be very embarrassing for some people from what I'm, from what I'm seeing from a distance. But, um, you know, the basis of, of science itself is to look at something, observe measure, then be able to predict, maybe design some things. And, and the, the idea of, of um, debating and, and, and a free exchange of ideas is very important in, in real science. And I am so weary of people telling us, oh, it's, it's all about the science. But what they're doing is canceling people and shutting down discussion and only letting one view get out. Uh, we get that sometimes here at the ministry. Somebody will object at maybe one of the features we air that is not is not sharing the same perspective as the quote oligarchs want, and and people are are confused. You know what is the truth, and and they contact us, and I I don't mind that at all. I'm glad when people contact us, but 
um, I think we gotta we gotta get a little bit more um, desensitized. You know, if somebody has a different opinion than me, so be it. You know, that that's that's their right. They can have a different opinion. What what, what do you think? I think you're totally right, and if everybody had the same opinions that I did, then I probably wouldn't get along with them, because I can be <laughs> difficult to get along with on account of how many opinions I have. I think you're very much very on, on point there with the science argument. We've seen this over the last couple of years, the decades leading up to the 2020s, when the, the global warming debate was going on. Oh, yeah. A lot of the money, a lot of the money would go to those, to those, toward those scientists that were, that were carrying the United Nations and the party line on that subject. There was there were huge amounts of dissent and good papers that pushed back against these things. There was model after model after climate model, prediction model coming out of the United Nations that have been proven wrong. If you had uh, the Daily Caller keeps a collated list of all the different predictions about the end of the world that mm. have not come to pass. But routinely, when you push back on these things, you're told the science is settled. You're ignorant. You don't understand. Right. And that's something we've heard over and over again during COVID-19. We follow the science. We follow the science. But if you follow the science, then you wouldn't be shutting down dissenting doctors like Dr. Malone, who was just kicked off of uh, off of Twitter uh, or, or Joe Rogan interview. He did an interview with Joe Rogan, and Joe yes. Rogan interview was censored. Or Dr. Scott Atlas, who may be one of the smartest people in the room, who was pushed off of Twitter and censored by some of these platforms. Who's making those decisions? It ends up being people that are just following, typically what exactly like you said, what the oligarchs say. And if you have a dissenting opinion, you're just not allowed to speak it anymore. It seems we saw. During the Texas abortion fight, for example, a group of Christians called Texans for Life, activists, typically part-time, they came out and they were supportive of that law that had been passed by their state's legislature. And just trying to curtail a barbaric abortion regime in that state. Because of that, they were taken offline by GoDaddy. They were deplatformed by two of their their providers, who then went to the Washington Post and New York Times with press releases and were cheered. We got them back up uh, at Rightforge, got them back online over, over the weekend. And after that, we sustained an attack that lasted 10 days from thousands and thousands and thousands oh of hackers trying to stop us. And we're able to protect that. But like you said, you should be able to have a deferring point of view. We've gotten to a point in this country where Christian activists who are defending a law, a law in their state can be deplatformed and New York City will cheer for it. I think it's a yes. dangerous place for, for dissenting opinions. Yes, I noticed that the Attorney General of New York seems to get involved in other issues in other states, and I kind of wish she would uh, stick to her own business in New York State. But um, maybe I don't, because I usually disagree with her. But anyway, um, today we're having a discussion about big tech and how they cancel people, how they've essentially declared open war on America, in the words of Chris Bedford, who's on the line with us today. Now, Chris, you you mentioned something that kind of caught my ear, and that was an alternate platform. Um, can you tell us more about what you're involved with there? On what is it called? Right Forge. It is. It's called RightForge.com, like a like a metal a metallurgy forge. The we were founded a year ago on Monday, which was one day after the parlor and two days after the decision to deplatform President right. Trump. Uh, because we saw suddenly a need. This has been something that had been coming for a long time. We'd seen much more open scorn uh, from big tech. We'd seen censoring of the, of the third largest newspaper in the country, founded by Alexander Hamilton, the New York Post. We'd seen dissenting viewpoints taken down. But previously, the Internet infrastructure, the things that the Internet was built on, the servers, those, those massive warehouses filled with computers that 
that when you click on a website, whether it's Amazon or click on the, uh, the local church website or, or look at the local restaurant's menu, you're pinging information on those servers. That, about a, that infrastructure had always been treated as just non-politicized, not a place right. for opinions, not a place, except the only time that it was ever interfered with is when there was a problem with the law. If somebody was using it for terrorist activity or human sure. smuggling or something like that. Uh, we, that changed with Parler, and Amazon Web Services made that decision. It changed with Texans for Life uh, when, there was, when GoDaddy made that decision. So we moved quickly to try and uh, bulk that up. We started RightForge, which is an internet uh, infrastructure server company, a full-service company that hosts those websites. So over the last year, we've built up to over 30 locations across six continents. In the next month or so, we're going to multiply that by many times as we build up to be able to host one of our probably the most notable client would be President Trump's new website, Truth Social. Mm-hmm. And uh, with, the infrastructure is so important because, well, it's, it's really obvious to all of us that there's, there's something going on in social media platforms. There's a lot more going on. Uh, for example, after the riots in January 6th, a lot of uh, conservative and some, re- some basic Republican organizations that had nothing to do with anything were being threatened with everything from their the companies that helped handle their payroll to the companies that process donations, to the companies that allow them to send out mass emails, to the companies that allow them to swipe credit cards. All of these different companies reached out and said, we're going to deny you our services. Now, when that right. starts to happen, a new economy needs to be created. That's and you right. you need internet infrastructure to build on that. That's right. No question about it. Well, tell me a little bit more. Um, what's your philosophy at RightForge? Do you own your servers? We do. We own our servers. Uh, uh, we have our own physical locations. And these things are wild because I've, I've always been a journalist and didn't expect to leave journalism until I saw a point. And I still, get, unfortunately, get to write a lot. But I, until I saw a point when I thought that journalistic integrity was going to be threatened and undermined by big tech, I thought this was important to the mission I was working on. So I've been new to this technical world. And walking through these server farms looks like the pictures I have of my grandfather walking through the supercomputers that he yes. was working on yes. in the 60s. They look kind of similar to that. They're these massive air-conditioned rooms in Texas and northern Virginia and, uh, and California that are just filled with these towers of about, about as tall as a man, a little shorter, sure. of computers uh, it's, it's been a really wild ride. And our philosophy here is not, I don't want to create a conservative internet. I don't want to split in this country between right. left and right. But I do want to uh, have a, an economy that is respectful of the Bill of Rights, uh, that uh, thinks Americans should have different viewpoints. And that's an internet and an economy that has rooms for all kinds of folks who currently are being excluded from the, the current economy. People, whether it's Glenn Greenwald, the uh, left-wing journalist down in Brazil, or Elon Musk, who is increasingly on the on the nerves of his colleagues, or Dr. <laughs> Scott Atlas, who's not a political person, he's a scientist, or Donald Trump, who clearly is a political person. Mm-hmm. I think uh, all of those different people have the right to be on the Internet. And this country, this country has had a long history of allowing noxious viewpoints, viewpoints that we disagree with, and getting through it together, because that, that open marketplace of ideas is how we move on, we argue these things out. When you just ban thoughts that actually, even when they're bad thoughts, if you just ban them, that makes them forbidden. That makes them yeah. attractive to young people or disaffected people. Those things should be out in the open uh, and, and discussed freely in this country. Yeah, if somebody has a company and, and they're espousing a political viewpoint that I feel is dangerous to our Constitution and antithetical to Christian values in particular, I have the or I want the option of not buying from that per- person and, and, and spending my money. Uh, maybe with a, often a, a smaller business 
that's maybe in the community and is more more faithful to the values which I hold. But I, I don't want to be forced to, to buy just from one. So uh, this is important. Your, your group is called Right Forge. You own your own servers. And so I, I'm assuming then there's this more of a guarantee that my data is safe with you. Absolutely. Your data is safe. We've so far, uh, despite only being a year old, withstood two massive attacks from left-wing aspects of the hacking group Anonymous. And we've, oh, yeah. uh, we've fought off one attack from the Chinese government. Oh, yes. So we're, we're proud to be able to, to keep that safe. And the way I tell customers, because some folks, whether they're investors or, or, or customers, come to us and say, well, what is your philosophy? When do you, when do you kick people off? When, do you, when is too much? And I, we always say, when the government comes to, if the government comes to us with, with a warrant, then we send it to our lawyers. And then yep. we hash it out. Uh, we're, not, we're, not the kind, it's, it's not, we're not the kind of... Uh, people that are just going to say, well, some people said some mean things about you on Twitter, or the New York Times doesn't like you right now, or mm-hmm. you've upset this person, therefore you're not allowed to do business. Yeah, who cares? Country. Yeah, exactly. People, people, unfortunately, will be upset. I think the Internet has really made that uh, sure. hypersonic, the, yes. the ability to be upset all the time, which is unfortunate. But we need to continue and, and just have a, 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 an economy that is respectful of basic American values. At a higher level, too, I hope people realize that... Um the way you break down a people, the way you destroy them, is set brother against brother. You kind of incite a uh, civil war, which ceases to be civil, and, and, and you result in the shunning of certain people. I, I see that in um, some, of the, some of the restrictions with, with COVID. And, you know, if you don't follow them perfectly— uh, then some in our society want to shun you or cause you to be shunned. And that's a very much unchristian perspective in, in, in my understanding. I think you're right. It's truly awful. My, our local monse- my Monsignor uh, at our local church was going out during COVID, trying to keep his doors open as much as he could, bringing the sacraments to those who wanted them, tending sure. to the sick. And uh, because of that, he ended up getting COVID himself, and he nearly died. He was in the hospital for 10 yes. days. The Washington Post wrote an article about him insinuating that he was a bad man, that he was selfish, that he'd put the community at risk by going out there. And I remember just, I wrote a response to it at at, at the Federalist, trying to explain to these folks that religion is not simply a hobby. Christianity is not something we do as a pastime, like baseball. Correct. That a a priest is as much a frontline, or a minister is as much a frontline worker as a doctor or a grocery store clerk. They are tending to the real needs of our, our people. And as one, um, one n- nearby Lutheran uh, pastor pointed out to me, he said, if we had spent the last two years taking care of our, spirit, our souls like we take care of our bodies, then we, we would all be saints by now. Yeah, right. Uh, there's been a real corruption of what's under, the understanding of Christianity in this country. And it showed during COVID in particular when churches were shut down, but grocery stores and yes. hospitals were kept open. But there's a real misunderstanding about what the Christian faith is. That goes all the way up to uh, our leadership, including our vice president. Uh, there's just a real misunderstanding of, of what we mean. There is. And that, that's a, that's, there's got to be a failure in part by Christians, too, to not speak our message better. Yes, yes. Um, the gospel truly is good news, and, and, and first and foremost, it affects the inner man, where we become saved through the grace of Christ, and we believe in him, and filled with his Holy Spirit, and read his word. But then it flows out. Um, that's what the Great Commission is all about. And so it's not 
No, no, no. It's never to stay within the four walls of the church. It's to touch other people. And that happens through various venues and the giftings of the individual. What what I'm good at is not what you're good at necessarily or what my wife is good at. And that that pervades society. And uh, I think uh, the, 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 the idea of, of the um, leaven in the loaf is a beautiful picture of what happens with the gospel. You know, just a little bit of yeast in that, in that bread as you're kneading it, and before you know, the whole thing is affected. And that's the picture that Jesus chose of how his gospel spreads in history. And, uh, you know, when you're serving your fellow man, that is part of it. Let us not kid ourselves. Now, um, today we're talking with Chris Bedford. Uh, he works for the Federalist, and you're also involved with this Right Forge. What do you call the thing? It's it's a system. It's a, 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 how do I characterize well, the it? The best way to characterize it at this point is an all-service internet company. So we started out as a server and infrastructure company, and the reason we've had to change that in the service infrastructure, those are things that most Americans have never really had to think about. Yeah. I hadn't had to think about them. About 10 years ago, most of these companies, whether it's a news site or a political group, would have their own server in their offices that they took care of. And that was what allowed their website to be powered, yes. allowed people to access it. And then over the years, those became more corporate. People started to outsource them to companies like Amazon Web Services, which is among the biggest. Uh, Amazon Web Services recently had some disruptions to their network uh, in the last month. And, and it was felt across the entire world with everything from Bank of America to Facebook mm-hmm. to Twitter uh, being and the ability to pay people uh, going down. So these are major companies. Um, we started off just doing servers, and that takes a lot of capital and a lot of brain power. Does. Fortunately, I know some people way smarter than me and, and way richer than me who were able to come <laughs> in and help provide that brain power and capital and get this company going. But we, we've been coming across more and more things that we have to do because there's more and more things that are under threat by, by those folks in Silicon Valley and big tech who, who, who fashion themselves into being gatekeepers for who is allowed to be online. Mm. So now we're able to transfer people's websites over to our servers to register new domain names uh, and, and, and get those protected. There's an, a host of different services that we've been able to bring on. And we That's spent great. the last year really working with uh, kind of on a white glove level with some of the major clients who are most at risk, uh, conservative and center-right, and some center-left media companies, mm-hmm. as well as uh, the president's social media platform and some, some of small corporations and mid-sized corporations that have been under threat for, with boycotts or this or that. And I'm really looking forward to, in 2022, getting over a lot of the long list of folks that we've been speaking to, from uh, radio stations with big archives to local church groups that just want to no longer give to companies that are antagonistic toward them, to, uh, to local restaurants and people's personal websites. Yeah. That sounds like a great thing. And what, what's the URL of Right Forge? That's uh, rightforge.com, R-I-G-H-T-F-O-R-G-E.com. Sounds good. Now, uh, you've worked for the Federalist, and um, you've also been a vice chairman of Young Americans for Freedom. What's that group all about? Young Americans for Freedom was founded in 1960 at the home of William F. Buckley by a group of uh, young conservative uh, folks who were disaffected with the politics of the um, Young Republican group and thought that there needed to be something that was more strident. And also, it wasn't entirely, not remotely, uh, rep- uh, at that point in time, partisan. This was a group that had a lot of Democrats and Republicans sure. as their speakers because their main issue at that period of time was, was pushing back against global communism. 
yes. fighting that and also trying to keep the United States free. And it's gone through many iterations. Uh, they backed Barry Goldwater for president. They were very closely involved with the campaign for Ronald Reagan. And nowadays we've got a, a big a headquarters in Virginia. We, we, we hold the Reagan Ranch in California, which is Reagan, the Ronald Reagan's home. Uh, we, own his, we have his boyhood home. And we're mostly educational and activism, where we we sense we pay for speakers to go to different schools, so those schools can actually those students can hear a different perspective than they often hear mm-hmm. in those schools. We 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 sponsor retreats for students to come out and listen to speakers and be trained in activism, and we provide supplies for students to be able to, especially when so many of them are outnumbered on their campuses by people of different politics, to make their opinions be heard and to help attract other students to alternative ideas. Yeah. Oh, that sounds really good. So that's uh, Young Americans for Freedom. Looking at the clock, I see we're out of time already. I uh, really want to thank you, Chris Bedford. And if someone wants to follow you online, is there a place where they can go? Absolutely. I post a weekly at thefederalist.com, and you can follow me. I still am on Twitter. I have not been kicked <laughs> off yet. At C. Bedford, D.C. <laughs> thanks so much for having me. This has been great. Yeah, I really enjoy this. Um, thank you for fitting us into your very busy schedule. Chris Bedford, and uh, you still are on Twitter. That's hilarious. I love it. <laughs> and uh, God bless you and your work. And uh, may the Lord give us a good year ahead. Uh, we just seek him, seek his blessing, and pray for this nation. We need a massive revival Uh, return to the Lord and to know his blessing. Chris, thanks for joining us. Thank you, and God bless you. Thank you. Dear listener, please join us next week for another edition of A Plain Answer.